This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, 9.36 on the clock right now. And it's time to crack out the whips and hear those screams. Because it is time for the SNM show. Just like what we do every Wednesday morning at this time, we've got uh, Salvatore Dali who joins us. Good morning, Dali. Good morning. Wow, you're looking good today, huh? Oh, you put, you Thank wear, you for <laughs> noticing. I beg your pardon. You're wearing your hair differently the other day, huh? <laughs> and you're finally putting on a three-piece suit. Eh? That's nice. Only Why? for you, David. Chu. Only for you. That's because he thinks the big picture doesn't look so good. You know, that's what Dali thinks actually at this point of time, right? And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about as well. Why do you think the big picture doesn't look so good? Is it? Does it have anything to do with? Bill Gross from Janus Capital saying something? Yes, well, I was uh, reading his uh, monthly article and I thought that it actually it presents a few gems that um, um, that we maybe as investors we need to you know be uh, cognizant about. Uh, his article is a sense of an ending. Okay. If you're looking at the big picture, uh, I think let's start off by uh, this quote by Warren Buffett. You know, he said, if interest rates were higher... Mm-hmm. Stocks will be expensive today. Now that's uh, he just made that statement a few days ago. So, what he's saying is that the the stock prices are very high if interest rates were to be like say a couple of percentage. Point, I mean, two hundred basis point higher, I think. Um, but having said that, he, does that also mean that the current stock prices are not expensive? No, it doesn't. I think uh, what he's implying mm. is that they are still quite expensive. They're still, uh, they are like quite richly uh, valued. And the only thing that is holding up the market is that interest rates does not seem to be rising. Okay. More importantly, because there are less and lesser options uh, for um, uh, managers of money to, to move them around. The PE, the PE ratios right now indicate uh, that they are... Um, at those kind of levels just before a crash uh, just before historical crashes like uh, the dot-com buzz even the the Great Depression during the 1920s um, that is where the American P.E. ratio is right now you know even even with this whole issue about valuations in the American stock market right? when you look when you you break it down and you look at corporate earnings in the US Hmm. a lot of the corporate earnings are actually not really driven by fundamental reasons but because of share buybacks right um, decreasing the number of, of capital in the market using you know excess cash to not reinvest in innovation products and machinery or people mm. but to buy back stock so then you have you you you, you inflate uh, you you flatter your your earnings per share levels and this is artificial right? I also read uh, about Warren Buffett's indicator apparently where they take the total market cap versus GDP ratio okay to GDP ratio apparently mm. it's already been signaling breaching sell sell alert status in you know. Yeah. Start selling now, they were saying, yeah, because a collapse may happen at any moment. So yeah. the whole premise is whether the party is going to come to an end, right? And to, uh, yeah. to, to paraphrase Warren Buffett, it's only when you the tide goes out that you know who's been swimming huh. naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, no. back to the Bill Gross, uh, you know, um, article. Okay. His his premise is basically like you know you have got so much liquidity out in the system now. Everybody's flush with not everybody. <laughs> the entire system is flush with liquidity, but it is doing nothing in terms of capital deployment. It is doing nothing in terms of, like, say, uh, loans taken up by corporates or individuals. Um, and the only thing that is left 
is for all these central banks to deleverage, okay. which is not a good thing. All right, it's a matter of when. All right, um, the central so, the central bankers are at fault actually because they have made all the corporates all over the world very lazy. Uh, they yeah. are actually inflating their uh, debts away. Uh, so you're, you're actually transferring uh, the kind of restructuring that you should make as a company, right? Uh, become mm. more innovative, reduce costs, uh, cut excesses. But instead of doing that, uh, the central bank is doing it for on your behalf by making your debt cheaper. And, and therefore, that, that well, slows that, down I the think, restructuring. Yeah, I think that is one of the big mega trends which haven't really been covered recently. Because if you look at it, you're, yeah, you've got outliers like people like Elon Musk who are trying to make batteries available to beyond cars and to all gadgets. But you know, he, he would be an outlier, right? Mm. And you look at the, 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 the really the forefront of innovators in the last few years, Apple. What are they using the excess cash for? Buybacks. Mm. Come on, I mean... You know, whenever you've got a stock doing things like that with the excess cash, it's a short on the future. That's no, what it is. In, 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 in those instances, um, generally you find that a lot of uh, American companies and, uh, and most of the developed European uh, companies would do a lot of share buybacks when they have cash. It's because a lot of the uh, CEOs have a lot of share options tied. Yeah, and it's all about short-termism, which is yes, wrong, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, so the, it, it gets back to it... Um, if the central banks were to start to deleverage, means buying back, um, uh, I mean, <coughs> to de- deleverage the, the liquidity from the system, mm. um, what kind of calamity are we going to see? Is it? it I believe that the uh, the calamity is not going to be so great or devastating, or the correction is going to be, you know, devastating. Why I say that is that if you look at the one of the reasons why Bill Gross is very very uh, negative now is that the recent Yields on German bonds mm. is like zero. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah, among other places, now. yeah, yeah, could be negative, slightly negative. Yes. You're gonna pay yeah. them a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. Cash yeah. So yeah. when you when that's the case, uh, you are looking at exactly the scenario of what Japan went through okay. from 1990 till about just recently. Still, you know, that's like deflation. lost. They lost 20, 30 years. Mm. All right, but of course, Japan's um, problem is more structural. In terms of like you know, um, they never did any of the hard decisions when okay. the stock market collapsed. The bank loans, I mean, the bad debts were not written off for a very very long time. Okay. So, um, but in this case, I do believe that the the rest of the global economy, um, there were a lot of uh, you know they were write off the bad debts. You know, and restructuring is still taking place. But what what we are seeing is that. When you have zero or slightly negative yields on, on, on major bonds, that tells you what the general investing community is thinking about stock returns, risk and return. Okay. You know? So the end, to me, is just going to mean zero flat returns from the stock market or maybe just 1% or 2% for the next five, ten years. You're not going to get the kind of like uh, the kind of returns that you got in the last, you know, on average over the last 10, 20 years. I think there there is a chance, even a high chance of it being more apocalyptic than mm-hmm. what you have just described because right. you're, you're describing a situation which is uh, quite neutral, right? Mm-hmm. Um, stocks will be neutral. Stocks have no more potential. But 
For many years now, the central banks around the world, especially um, in the States, in Japan and so on, they have been trying to kickstart their economies to no success. Yep. And if these economies uh, meet with another recession or, or mm. God forbid, another depression, mm. then they would have run out of ammunition because yep. they can't expand their balance sheets anymore. And that is when... Uh, the real restructuring would have to take place and the real restructuring would take place by the crash of prices. Um, I do believe that there is uh, a certain asset prices, uh, like say for property, for example, globally that has been like, you know, it is totally unsustainable over the longer term. Um, but yeah, what I, what I see is that because why I say that the if there is going to be a crash, it may not be as, as, as bad because interest rates are very, very low. It is not something that if you, if you had a crash, say, say interest rates is, say, now like 5 6%, mm. and, and suddenly, you know, it just hikes up 3%, uh, 300 basis point, um, which is a shock to the system. Over many years. Uh, no, 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 no. Just say like the oil shock and all this uh, thing. Um, and then you have this kind of crash because of something un- unanticipated. Um, but the way that, it, that we're looking here is that, you know, it is highly unlikely we're going to see interest rate moving up at all, which kind of like would engineer a, 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 a softer landing or, you know, in terms of correction. So what you I, I, I don't know if that is the case because they yeah. may not be able to stop like a slowly crashing train, right? And markets being forward looking, a small rise in interest rates would perhaps signal... Uh, the, the direction itself is more important than the quantum, I, I think. Yeah, markets, yeah, yeah, yeah. markets would actually take that as a signal and all these uh, other markets like the emerging markets uh, would be whiplash, right? Just yeah. by a few basis points of yeah. why uh, interest rate is, policy. Why I say that is that the experience of the Japanese market, uh, which I was very close to, mm. uh, I was dealing a lot in the Japanese markets in the mm. After their crash in the late 80s, early 90s, um, what we had was that uh, a very, very slow, tapered, long-term correction. Like every year, the index would be down 5-10% for a very, very, very long time. It took them, you know, the crash, like, it, it nearly hit the uh, 30,000 level. And when, it, when, it, when the crash came, it just went to about 22,000, 24,000. Right. Well, the, the trough, the trough was uh, around the seventy five hundred level. It yeah, was a so crash it, it of eighty one percent, right? It took them from twenty two thousand, almost fifteen years to get to that below ten thousand level, you know. <laughs> and that is a, if you want pain, you have it short term, right? Yeah. Right. You don't want a prolonged <laughs> yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. And that is why I say that it might be something like that. Although I do believe that the the rest of the global economy may I have you know, uh, would be much better off than Japan because Japan did not take the hard decisions for a very, very long time. It still hasn't recovered yet, no, actually. No, no. But there are, there are, there are things that we can do. Uh, if that's the case, if, if you think that stock market returns are going to be very, like, negligible, say, like, you know, 0 to 2% mm. every year mm. for the next 5, 10 years, what that means is that, uh, contrary to indexing, <laughs> the popularity of indexing, it may be time not to index but rather do stock picking interesting ah, I tell you what uh, okay we'll talk about how you don't turn Japanese or without turning Japanese <laughs> that is after the break on the s show it's rather interesting indeed be a smart traveller with the AirAsia EasyPay Passport avoid foreign exchange service fees 
Unlike credit cards, the new multi-currency AirAsia EasyPay Passport has no foreign exchange service fees for overseas payments. There are also no annual fees nor currency fluctuations to worry about. Apply at AirAsiaEasyPay.com. T's and C's apply. Oh, honey, have you seen my glasses? Looking for your reading glasses? Again? Does that sound familiar? That was him before he started Tanakan. Tanakan with EGB761 is clinically proven to improve blood circulation and efficiency. Now he is quicker, faster and more efficient. Find out how Tanakan can help you from your healthcare professional or visit tanakan.my today. Don't forget to remember. Hey man, how's it going? What if everything in the world were a misunderstanding? What if laughters were really tears? Oh, uh... Hi, is this seat taken? My depression is the most faithful mistress I've known. No wonder then that I return the love. Uh, you know what? I think I just saw my friend walk in. Bye! Where? Not really the best at small talk? For all those big ideas, there's always night school. Join Sharad Kutin and Ahmad Fuad Rahmat every Wednesdays, 9pm. Break from mediocrity. BFM. 89.9. All righty, 9.50 in the morning right now. Yeah. As we have the SNM show, <laughs> talking about the slow... The end. The end. Actually, I was just thinking, you know, uh, with the tone of the show, I was ah. thinking of like uh, renaming the show. Maybe, you know, you know, Tuesdays with Maury, you know. Um, <laughs> maybe Wednesday okay, with like, Dali. Already, right? <laughs> Tuesdays with Maury, yeah? Wednesdays, Wednesdays with Dali. With Dali. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like not that. far from the truth. On man. Dali's like. death... Okay, let's not say that. <laughs> but like, it's a we're not we're not we're not advocating like you into stock picking. But I'm saying that if if your conclusions are that you know stock market returns on a when you say stock market returns, be they do the index right, <coughs> stock market returns are going to be flattish mm-hmm. for the next prolonged period. Maybe indexing may may not be so attractive. Okay. Right. That's one thing. Um, uh, maybe you can consider stock picking, but that also again means that maybe if you pick the wrong stock, then you you have a higher risk of uh, negative. It returns. depends on whether you have the time. The yeah. It depends on whether you have the time to do stock picking. And the other thing is also how much of your wealth do you want to expose to active trading? Maybe the bulk of your wealth you mm-hmm. want to um, just. Accept the good enough principle, which is to say to yourself that market returns over yes. the long term are good enough, and and I accept that. And uh, the bulk of my fund would be managed passively, and then maybe have a little bit left for yes. for active management to provide some zing to your portfolio. Because the way I look at it, there are a lot of macro factors and global factors and even regional factors that actually points to the fact that you know, um, at the overall big cap returns might be challenged for the next few years. Um, you may want to. There are a lot of people who who just hold a few big caps for for the very very long term, you know, and, and think that they are safe. So, but if this is the situation going forward, you may want to be very very careful uh, in just doing that. That's that, that's not not that's not a good choice. Uh, the second part is that if uh, if the stock market returns are going to be challenged uh, and interest rates are going to stay low, then dividend yield will be very very important. Mm. Not that it's not important now, <coughs> but I'm saying it, it, you have better to stick with stocks that have really, really performed very well in terms of giving out good dividends. 
But nah. we don't know if interest rates will stay low, though. Interest rates have to rise to get um, economies out of this uh, sugar rush of, exactly. of monetary so, so policy. Right? Exactly. With so much liquidity being pumped in, all right, and nobody's taking up the capital. So you're not seeing that, 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 that thing being translated into inflation. In fact, we have a, a dire situation of maybe deflationary with the strength of the US dollar uh, you know, depressing a lot of the commodity prices. So deflation, deflation would, is actually would be bad uh, for would be bad for stocks, right? Very, yeah, yeah, very. Chong, yeah. when you yes, mentioned something off air just now about ETFs and so much money, yeah, there, I mean, you know, Dali's got a view that you know, index in, indexing is not going to be a, a you know viable proposition in future. But you know, I was just noting that in the first quarter of this year, inflows into ETFs, especially in Europe, have been surging much faster than they have been. In fact, much faster, and the outflow of mutual fund money has been very, very fast. So, mm. you know, is the smart does the smart money know something that we don't? Well, I think the bigger dynamic is the fact that the the cost of managing money in in, in Europe is approaching zero. I think some some BlackRock funds are zero point zero seven percent a year, right? Yep. Compared to the one point five percent we pay in Malaysia. Right, yep. right, right. There's also the rise of uh, robo the so called robo advisors, right? In Hong Kong and US, yes, yes. Uh, well, the likes of Wealthfront and Betterment, where you just decide to put, let's say, hundred dollars or hundred ringgit, one thousand ringgit, small amounts, and these uh, robo advisors uh, would actually rebalance for you and put them into very cheap ETFs yeah. uh, and that's very good uh, it actually adds value ETFs have uh, done very well um, mm. and uh, you know stocks in general if you have indexed after to the 2008 crisis you have done spectacularly yeah, well spectacular right I don't think uh, you know any hedge fund most hedge fund would not be able to match that kind of returns so as long as the trend is there mm. money will still keep flowing in but if you can see, like you know, from here on, it's not going to be the situation whereby um, it's just not so clear. Mm. In fact, what I see more clearly is that stocks will be will be remain flat. I'm not saying it's going to collapse. I'm just saying that the you know the, in a larger picture, it's stocks, very slow leak, yeah. yeah, in that balloon. So your yeah. last words are my last word is that because if you look at this kind of situation, right? Why don't people go into gold if 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 the entire thing is going to be deleverage okay. or you know because there's just too much currency out there, M- paper money is not worth much nowadays. Mm. It's not backed by anything, mm. the bulk of it, and they keep printing more. Why is gold not moving up? And actually, it's actually moving down. Yeah, that's because of all the Fed policy and and keeping rates pat, right? But you're right, and I think there's a whole bunch of people out there who are, who are you know, who have been buying gold. Uh, but as it is at twelve hundred dollars per ounce or, or slightly yeah. less, it's still because a, if, it's still if you talk about that, it's like if it's going to be ap- apocalyptic, apocalyptic, <laughs> apocalyptic, yes, say you know a dramatic shift in uh, downward for property prices and stock prices, mm-hmm. uh, would go hold its value. I would say yes, for for personally at least, but. It depends on where you buy it from and at what price. Because a lot of the jewelers and goldsmiths in town, you're buying way above spot, right? Because mm. they've got the, mm. they've got their, yeah. you know, their. You can buy gold ETFs. Packaging, yeah. You can buy gold. I, I would rather yeah. buy if I'm going to buy gold. I want to buy physical. Gold, gold is actually a very advanced investing strategy for people who have money, right? They're not buying it for making gains. They're buying it just to the insure protect. themselves. It's an hedge. Yeah, yeah, strong hedge. Just in case there yeah. is a collapse in the world economy and they can still begin yeah. to trade. I, I think if you're like really, really super rich 
and you've got lots of properties and lots of stocks. But you know, for for I normal, think you should be buying for, for normal guys, what is the difference between buying gold and buying into actual assets like railways and? Cans of food, railways. Uh, Warren Buffett did that. Um, well, when you bought ago. Burlington yeah. Santa Fe yeah. Railway, like about five years ago, people were like, "What is Warren thinking?" Right? Yeah, but but basically, that was a gold bet, right? A bet into hottest assets. Mm. Every week, uh, Nali chooses a song. This week, what have you chosen for us? Well, a uh, progressive rock. Oh. Definition of progressive rock, rock. rock is actually rock with uh, liberal use of uh, synthesizers. It started all in the 70s, early yeah. 70s. Uh, There's this band called Yes. Yes. And a, right. a beautiful song called Wondrous Stories. Okay, so uh, as we leave you right now with uh, Yes and uh, Wonderful Stories, don't forget to join us every Wednesday for more Salvatore Dali on the SNM show. You can also see more of him and uh, go read his blog at malaysiafinance.blogspot.com. Leaving you with yes right now on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.